Hey, what's going on? It's Steve V here, your host of Tags Podcast, letting you know that on this episode, I'm talking to my co-host this week, it's Lincoln, checking in with him and breaking down some hot gay sex topics for you. Plus, if you missed it, I have an encore presentation of my interview with Christian Vincent of Noah's Ark. Many of you are fans of Noah's Ark. It had its reboot a reboot episode the rona chronicles this past sunday july 5th and i did my interview last thursday for sex with stevie my other podcast with christian vincent who played ricky it was really great to talk to him and i thought in case you missed that and in case you missed the rona chronicles the 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 reboot episode reunion episode with the the incomparable show Noah's Ark it debuted this past Sunday I'm going to put the links on tagspodcast.com where you can see the actual episode plus the interview that they did with the entire cast on the making of and so forth and hopefully it may get rebooted so we can only hope anyways that's what you got uh, in store for you on this episode Plus, if you want to take advantage of extra special sexy perks this week, I am giving all my Patreon lovers some extra special sexy perks, including a dark and dirty extra after show podcast. Plus, I'm doing a demo on some sex toys for the specific tiers. All of this comes out on Patreon.com forward slash talk about gay sex again it's patreon.com forward slash talk about gay sex and don't think i didn't see some of you newbies coming in there under the radar i i'll send you some love real soon this week you can expect all of that and more first of all let's get into it with lincoln and then my interview with christian vincent of noah's ark hey what is going on you are listening to tags podcast aka talk about gay sex Today, post-July 4th weekend, it's July 6th here as we're recording this. You're getting this July 7th. I couldn't be more excited to be with my other co-host this week. Lincoln, how you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. So much to talk about today. Well, Lincoln, I would be remiss if I didn't check in with you with how is your mother doing? Given, Thank you. Thank yeah. you for asking. And... Um, <laughs> whenever I, I uh, talk about her, I get just so oh, no. ridiculously emotional because um, my mom, uh, she created a Gloria. life for me that I, Gloria, her name's Gloria. I she love that created, name. Yeah. Isn't that the best? She yep. created a life for me like no other. Like my parents divorced when I was five and she stepped up to the challenge and worked three jobs to keep the house that I was born in so I would have structure. And she went in and out of relationships in her life so I would have a family unit. And um, she supported me when I moved to New York to get on Broadway and to to like follow my dreams. And um, when I turned 40, she helped plan a huge surprise, wicked birthday party with cast members from the show on broadway performing and wow yeah your favorite show it was, too, yeah exactly it was insanity and um she has just been the strongest smartest 
most wonderful woman in the world. And she's just like me, very social, member of many, many organizations and women's groups and historical society things. And, you know, the past year has been hard on her. And then this COVID thing it has really put a snag in her life. And I have been on the phone with so many doctors um, and they have talked about at length with me, actually, that people between the age of 75 on up are living their lives and some of them are just on the edge, just on the edge of Alzheimer's, of dementia, of, you know, things going very skewed in their brain and they're just on the edge and what's keeping them going is waking up in the morning and knowing that they have a hair appointment and they get up and they get dressed and they it takes them a long time but they get in their car and they go to the hair appointment that takes a couple hours and they drive home like I keep comparing it to the needle on the record kind of skipped and my mom's having a very challenging time getting the needle back on the record so I am doing everything in my power to have Gloria get the needle back on the record and we will see what happens, but it is very, very challenging. And it's, um, you know, it's something I actually feel very privileged to be able to do because she did so much to me for me oh. and, and about me and, and made it all about Steven. So we'll see what happens. I hear you, yeah. and as I have my, I'm choosing Gloria right now. Yeah, and um, just know that our thoughts and our prayers. I know Jeremy speaks for us as well. I've been thinking about you, and we know the importance of a mom and and all the sacrifices and just love that they bring. So. We yeah. will continue. Our thoughts and our prayers are with you and, Thank of course, you. with Gloria. So, and As we all know, it was the 4th of July weekend, and there were so many. Of course, it looked different for so many of us. I myself stayed relatively – I've been so insular, and, and I see, a, like, a neighbor here and there. I've gotten together with a couple people, literally a couple people on my hand in this entire – since March – I'm fine, though. I'm so much of a loner, and I talk to my family and friends throughout the country nonstop. And, you know, this isn't a, a feel sorry for Steve V at all. <laughs> Never. It really, but this being the one of the most popular, iconic weekends of our summertime, 4th of July weekend, I couldn't help but notice, and I know you know, Lincoln, you saw some pictures out there uh, yeah. with the numbers on the rise around the country. New York, withstanding its numbers, but here, let's just get something, or I'm going to get something off my mind. Fire Island, you fucking gays. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> crowding around the beaches. And I saw the news story earlier today on one of my news and I will admit, I'm a news junkie. And they said Fire Island, and I was really struck by a couple of things. A, I was squinting my eyes on the TV set without my glasses on, wondering, well, Fire Island's kind of big. Could it be that they were just talking about Fire Island? Like, because, you know, there's another side of Fire Island that isn't even associated with the Huge. kids and families. And- yeah, and it's the, the dominant size of Fire Island, right? I think so. And I didn't even know this because I'm not a New Yorker originally. There's the Pines, which is 
the right. apparently the gay boy area, even though there's plenty of girls there, and and Cherry that's it. Grove. And then there's Cherry Grove, which is more the lesbian area. And by the way, if you're ever there, Floyd's for breakfast is off the hook. Uh, it's my favorite thing ever. You get so much food for such a great price. Jeremy tells a story way back when he, as a kid, was brought to Fire Island, the family part of it, and would sneak over, run over his little kid. As soon as he knew he could see naked boys, he would like scrunch down in the sand and kind of giggle and squeal like a little so boy cute. and then I run back it. and thought, oh, I got away with it. But I think my whole thing was I was watching the TV and wondering what part of Fire Island and thinking, well, maybe it's a straight. And then as the stories came on and I looked a little bit deeper and read other news articles, I noticed that, no, no, it was the Pines, the gay yeah. area. Of course it was. I mean, of course it was. Why would I even think that it wouldn't be? And not that I am love to shame my own community because it's not what I'm t talking about, but people, we are in a fucking pandemic and... I don't know when when things just look a little bit better it's not the time to it's it's a it's not a time to let your guard down and when you see other places like our neighbor Canada doing such a good job and they actually will actually be able to have they'll be able to get together sooner than we're ever going to get to. And we're not allowed yeah. to go to Europe now. And people coming in from other parts of the state into New York right now aren't allowed. It's, it's mind-boggling how we're short-sighted. And I'm just going to bring it back because we are a gay podcast. It's so... It, it really, really angered me to see what I saw on the beaches of just no social distancing, no mask wearing. And I don't know, Lincoln, am I just being a little harsh? No, or what were your thoughts? I don't think you are. The, the thing, this is what I was struck with recently that I, I thought was kind of interesting. When I saw the photos and the video in Hell's Kitchen of like right. Ariba, Ariba and all that, and it being so dense. And I was like, what are they thinking? What is wrong with them? And for me, I would just be so paranoid. I don't feel I'll enjoy myself. So when I saw those pictures, I was very much like irritated. And I do from time to time walk down to the monster, get a drink at their little window, and then walk all the way to the pier and sit with two or four friends that I know from a distance outside, but not in that close of a group. And then I saw the Fire Island images, and it reminded me of what the, what the epiphany I had about the Hell's Kitchen images. They're yep. all drunk. They're drinking. They're drinking, and they're, they're, they're inebriated. And I'm not calling them drunks, or I'm certainly not making a commentary on alcohol or drugs or anything like that. But I just, I'm, I'm judging it with very sober eyes. And the one thing that I think in my mind is they probably went most of them and said, okay, I'm going to keep distance. And then two drinks later, they completely forgot about it. So if you are one of those people that goes out or tries to be somewhat social, try and remember after your first or second cocktail that you might not have the best judgment of social distancing or wearing your mask. Because no one really talks about that, that I've heard. It's not like people are congregating out with no alcohol, nothing like they're just standing and leaving. There's alcohol, there's things being done that is making their behavior even worse. And I don't even know if they're consciously doing it full throttle. Do you get my point? I do get your yeah. point. I'm and... not saying it's an excuse. 
no. by any way, shape, or form. But I'm just saying, I've definitely gone out and been like, oh, I'm not in the mood. And then after one drink, I'm like, oh, hey, how are you? Oh, oh hey. Absolutely. And then after two drinks, oh, yeah, yeah. And then, like, before you go to Fire Island, just remember, you might go in your mind going, I'm going to do just fine. And I'm not going to drink or anything. And then after a few drinks, you're all of a sudden, you're kissing someone that you don't know. And this thing is serious. The guy That's, from Waitress and the Bronx Tale and what's oh. his name, he just passed away. He was 41 years old, super athletic, a Broadway like dynamo. And you you can't do eight shows a week. And ha- you know what I mean? And uh, I'm just frustrated. You're talking about Nick Cordero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so well, frustrated by it. I'm frustrated Waitress, by it all. Bullets over Broadway, only 41. Yeah, that's crazy. He yeah. just passed away. It's, so, it's, it was very uh, a shot in the eye, and particularly as the news came this morning on a, not that it had anything to do with the fourth, he's been suffering from COVID-19. For a while. Yeah, he lost while, 60 pounds, looked, they said. He lost a limb. Oh, my leg God. leg was amputated, and then it looked like at one point he was coming back, and then unfortunately it it just didn't play it out didn't, for him and yeah. it's so you know i so, do have so. i'm sorry I, I knocked us off the subject but i'm gonna knock us right back on one question to you is have you steve gone to the eagle yeah so you're talking about the eagle here in new york city and the eagle here in new york city is known they to recently have recently like reopened recently reopened on gay pride a few weeks ago i was riding our city bikes around as i often do on the weekends and I rode by to kind of, I was telling Jeremy last week that I rode by as I was, uh, I think it was Gay Pride Week weekend, that I was sneaking around the city to see, hmm, who's doing what? And I was undercover. I mean, I wasn't, but, um, and I wasn't wearing my mask, like Trump said. If you watch this, the latest Sarah Cooper video, which we'll have to talk about in a minute about, how, you, you know Sarah Cooper, right? Or I the believe one we laugh, so. The comedian that, in oh yeah 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 it does it yeah Trump. exactly yeah. yep i got there's it there's a great one about mask wearing right now so i was running around the city wearing my mask you know sneaking around and i saw at the eagle they were doing temperature checks well i was also talking offline with a friend of mine who bartends there who doesn't want to go back to the bar right now they gave him the option but turns out they were only bringing back two bartenders and oh wow i didn't know that yeah but he was saying you know, offline that I'm not sure what temperature checks really do. I mean, and I was talking to another friend of mine. Yeah. Okay. It's sort of, to me, a temperature check is it, it's like a showmanship type thing. I don't know by taking someone's temperature, because as we all know, people can be asymptomatic with COVID that I'm not sure it's really doing anything. And then I also thought, well, once I get up there, do I do I need to be the first round of guinea pigs that go to the a bar that I used my own watering hole? And the answer to me that I asked myself was, no, I don't need to be the first round of people. And as much as I want to support bars like the Eagle and other bars around, um. You still have to, I'm not sure what social distancing is going to be like up on the rooftop. Um, I don't know. Maybe yeah, don't maybe know I'll either. go with you and Peter uh, yeah. at some point if you guys are willing to try it out. And we can we can try it out as, as a threesome. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, yes, I'm in. I will say I was listening to NPR because I am also a news junkie. And uh, my facts are going to be a little fuzzy here, but there is apparently an open letter 
to the World Health Organization or something else from a number of doctors that are finding that this virus is not just when you sneeze, when you cough, um, bigger droplets, that it is being transmitted that you touch. simply through the air um, with very light aerosols can get it from one person to another. So, so that mask I think I know the study you're talking is, about. Yeah. yeah, and so that mask wearing is more important than ever. Maybe covering people's eyes is more important than ever. It's obvious that this whole theory that once it gets high, hotter out, it's just going to miraculously disappear. That's not happening because it's hot out where people are, where numbers are going up. So I don't know. It's just you know, like so much in our life, it's just a mess. I don't want it to be a mess anymore, but it is. Yeah, I mean, I think the point to some of that story was the importance of wearing a, ma- a mask, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think so too. how much the aerosol that it can actually, depending on, they've shown that certain masks have a little bit more uh, shields to the virus than others, say a handkerchief over certain, uh, a certain other mask, but... In general, you can really, it's just kind of a no-brainer, though, to wear a, a, a mask. And I know yeah. I was out walking around. I went to, here in New York City, I went to our Chelsea Piers over the weekend. And oh, I, nice. the only thing I have to remember is to bring, like, a handkerchief or a little towel and stuff it in my back pocket to towel myself up. Because when you are, I walk pretty fast. When you're walking pretty fast, you sweat. I sweat. And so I was... Notice, and then if you're just breathing into this mask, you're gonna like produce a lot of sweat, and so yeah, yeah, I just thought (laughs) exactly. Um, well, here's a quote that um, I got today, it's our quote of the day, and it's going to lead into another story that I want to break down with you, Lincoln. The quote comes from Gabo Saturno, and Gabo Saturno of Saturno, like Saturn Saturno movement, is a YouTube sensation that I've been following and doing yoga and he's the one that's responsible for getting me into calisthenics and handstand training and I did a yoga training with him I act like he's my friend but he's he's this YouTube (laughs) sensation but he had this quote as I was doing my workout today online and he said remember flexibility is about relaxing the muscles If you send pain signals to your body and try to contract, your body is going to react by contracting. So you want to keep a relaxed mind that's going to give you a relaxed body. Now, I couldn't help but think of when I was listening to that on when you're bottoming, half the pain of bottoming is when you don't relax your anal sphincter (laughs) and you need to relax your mind, which will relax the muscles so that you don't contract your anal muscles so that you can actually take the dick. And I thought, this works for so many different ways. I don't know. What do you think of that quote? <laughs> I love that quote because that is the truth. It all You just have to relax. And I, for many years, taught a candlelight stretch class, both Ooh. at the Uptart Dave, up, up, um, Uptown David Barton at Reebok Sports Center. I started it originally in San Francisco, and it was literally a one-hour full-body stretch out, stretch class taught to candlelight with Course in Miracles principles throughout it and just slowing people you know, down and stretching your body and relaxing. And 
Um, and I've used that technique in more ways than one when having sex. And what I always felt was hilarious was when people would run to take this class. There you go. You're going 80 (laughs) miles an hour to relax. Just be late. (laughs) Exactly. Forget it. They don't want to miss out. They don't want to miss out. No, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) I know. I know. I love it. Well, this leads into a a web series that I became privy to that I watched the whole thing right before going on air with you. So it's one of those web series that's six episodes each ep- episode is has a max of like six to seven minutes on average. Oh, so nice. it's totally doable. It's called The First. I think it came out this March. And it's essentially about two guys that meet up. What I also liked about it, it came out in March. It's a white guy and a black guy. Interracial. Nice. So I thought, okay, good. I like that for whatever like that, that means. Yeah. Um, they meet on a date and it goes through the months of their meeting as they continue to date and fall in love. But the underlying statement that the first, so every episode, the music comes on and it says the first, and then it says, there's one episode, I think it's like episode four or five that says hyphen the compromise. And then there's a conversation But essentially, you see this couple, it's really well acted, easy to watch. I'll put it on tagspodcast.com so you can watch it for yourselves. Uh, I ended up crying in the end, but essentially, it's about two people that meet that end up having sex and realizing that they may or may not necessarily be compatible in bed. In other words, and this isn't giving away too much, you'll find out more as the web series goes on. Both one of them, and I read this in the description, one of them is if they were to ask each other, which they don't in the first meeting, is one is really more bottom and the other one is bottom verse. So you can see where this could potentially have some hiccups as the months go on. And they do a really good job of going through the different months of, you can just tell the love and the the companionship that they're developing going through the different months and one of them gets like a work promotion and one of them is making dinner for the other one at times and you can just tell they're really enjoying each other's company and they're really attracted to each other and all of that good stuff but one of them the bottom verse I guess is finding himself topping the other one more than the other until finally one day they bring up the question that the bottom verse says, well, I would like to be topped as well. And it cre- that's where the drama ends up starting because it really does, in the end, become, I'm not going to give everything away on how it all goes, but it does create a conundrum in this yeah. in this web series. And, you know, sometimes, I, I don't know, It was it's really well handled. It's called The First. Um, the first thing I'm going to say, and then I want to just get your viewpoint on it, Lincoln, just without having watched it. But the one thing I will say is I just recently talked to two friends of mine that are, they've been in a long-term relationship. And both of them, my friend was telling me, they're both of them are tops. So... They've managed to, they've gotten married even, they've managed to make it work. I think that they've come to a to an area where they've since opened it up when they want to find a hot bottom that they then play with 
the three of them together. And so I think it is possible, but I don't know. At your first thoughts, can it be a problem when when you just kind of go for the connection and you don't you forget to ask about each position, Lincoln? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I first of all, I used to use the line all the time, two tops don't make an outfit. <laughs> Two bottoms don't make an outfit. And, you know, yep. like I'd meet a couple yep. and I'd be like, hello, two bottoms don't make an outfit. Um, I think it's just like everything or else. It can make a statement. It can make, but not, right, a- but not an outfit. <laughs> um, it can make a great profile on Grinder, but not an outfit. Um, Correct. I um, I think it's just as, just like any other rough edge in a relationship. One person can be a vegetarian and the other person can eat meat and they're going to struggle with it. In a gay relationship, if two people are really attracted to each other and one is they're both bottoms, it's going to be an issue. And it's heightened because our sexuality and our sex, our sexual play is an extension of our connection that we don't do it with other people, or maybe we have to, because that's going to scratch that itch. But at the same time, you open up the relationship to now COVID-19. It used to be, possible STDs, which is still a factor. And then jealousy gets involved or you like him better be, you know, we can have a great connection, but this guy's the top and we're both bottom. So I don't know. I think it's messy and I've always been really bad at it, but I do know that there's people out there that are really good at it. That can be in a relationship, have a third come along play that out, have the third leave and have it not affect the core relationship. But for me, I've always been really bad at that. I've always been really bad at, I get very jealous very quickly. Uh, and, and I also could desire stuff, but I can feel the jealousy of my, my partner and I don't want to hurt their feelings that way. That's not enjoyable to me. So I think it's just hard. So I think it's a great premise for a series. I can't wait a, to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to send you the link. It's going to be on tagspodcast.com. It's a really quick, easy watch, but oh, cool. engro- engrossing. And I really enjoyed watching it. It was one of those that you can kind of, I was going to stream it. And I'm like, you know what? It's one of those laptop moments. And I enjoyed watching it. And like I said, I was commenting on the show, put a comment on their YouTube channel, and somebody else said they bawled their eyes out at the end. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> I know, because... Uh, it was interesting and it's intriguing because I'm wondering if there's going to be more. I'm, I'm hoping there is. That's a, always a good sign of a good show. The one thing I will say about relationships like that is you, you don't, at least in what I know in my 49 years, is you don't always get what you want sexually from one person. In other words, if you're out having sex and particularly n- for the several years, but now in COVID time, so many of us have watched so much more porn than we've ever consumed because we haven't seen real dick and ass in a long time. And so months. And so a lot of it has been porn watching. And for so many people, I would imagine that you're skewed on what you see now. And a lot of people are subscribing to a lot. The only fans market is on the rise. So when you do finally meet somebody now, it's going to be your, your sexual appetite. I feel is heightened by what we've been consuming and, and visualizing. And I think that you don't always get 
everything you want in one person sexually. Now, you can get a really amazing connection with somebody and sometimes connection with somebody and that banter that I always love when I connect with somebody that's so key for me or humor when they get my humor or they have a sense of humor is really key for me. And whether they don't mind if I sometimes sleep in and they don't, that's right. another key thing. Um, those are all things that have nothing to do with sex, but with us gay men, or at least for myself, I'm just going to speak for myself, sex is very important too. So sometimes I think there's a lot of compromise within those that you meet that you connect with. Now, yeah. I do think sometimes you can get hit the jackpot and and everything can kind of fall into place. Like if you are a total bottom or mostly versatile bottom, you can maybe then perhaps meet a mostly top and then that works out too. So it can I also work think out you well. can evolve. I mean, it, it definitely, listen, everything you and I are talking about right now depends on the person. Correct. So if anyone listening is getting up in arms about it, it totally depends on the person. I think we'll both admit that. Absolutely. I know my life, I've had relationships where the way the person and I connected that all I wanted to do was bottom a hundred percent of the time. And it was the hottest thing for me ever. And it was so exciting and the relationship did not work out, but it certainly wasn't because of that. I did. You know what I mean? It didn't work yeah. out because of other reasons in other relationships. And, and Peter and I, it is damn near, I don't want to jinx it, but it is really <laughs> good. The, the, what we have going like at what what our intimacy i would pay-per-view like, it's uh, good you might <laughs> given our world that might be a very real reality um but no like are you trying to make an announcement uh, no, your, no 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 a, a new site that's this coming will be the first right okay 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 <laughs> you'll give me the exclusive please the heads up, exactly because it's just it's like consistent and it's hot it, we use our fantasy world and our verbal world and and we rarely watch porn but every once in a while we put that on in the background and i really miss and this is both because of covid19 but also being in a relationship so this started prior to this pandemic i miss a room of 50 men coming together and having physical group sex on hot sex and having fun and knowing that that was going when I was young, you know, and then I started to be able to tap into that when I was a young adult and then have it completely shunned away, especially in San Francisco with HIV and everything that came out about, you know, yeah. people passing away and how tragic that was and how that behavior was so demonized and so made wrong. And there's nothing wrong with that behavior. And then to have, medical research come out and have things get so much better that we could do that again without having it be a death sentence or without having it be, you know, so tragic with prep and with the, re it was so great. And now to have it completely backpedal again because of COVID, it's just, it's so sad to me. It's so frustrating, you but said it's going to make it really hot once we get back to it. You know, what you I mean? said a yeah. You said a couple things, and you reminded me. I was thinking about this offline, just to bring it back to where we started the conversation of sacrifices that we've had or things we've grown up with. I as well grew up with the HIV epidemic that 
just really affected how we, the fear that was always in us and the people that we knew that contracted or maybe the people that I personally knew that I then went into, into a relationship with affected so much of my mentality. And, totally. you know, 9-11 was another time in a different capacity, of course, but yeah. of how we stayed traveled and the fear of all that. And there's a lot of examples. So to bring it back to where we started the conversation of like, really get it together, y'all. Heaven forbid you sacrifice a summer to for the sake of our all, you know, our health. overall health. Yeah. yeah. No when, doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, I think that, you know, your perspective on this show, the first web series is so right on. And I think that there are so many different perspectives on how we all come to relationships like this and how sex plays into it. And n n neither one of them, n n none of them are valid or, or wrong or they're no. all perspectives. Yep. And I do think that it's great conversation. I think we're starting to see more, more film and TV and web series and podcasts you know, when we started the show, there was just a couple other podcasts about gay sexuality. And now we're on a, we share our neighbors with so much great conversation on this. And, and I love the conversation that it's developing. And, and this is definitely the first web series is expanding that conversation, however you fall on the spectrum of it, but it's, it's great. It's a, it's a good time. I think there's, we're going to see a lot of great expansive conversations about things like sex and relationships um in the near future i do too i agree well lincoln i want to thank you as always for getting into it with me um thank you so much you're welcome i love doing this and whenever i'm not doing it i miss it so uh here's to many years in the future and us all getting stronger and healthier and just being smart and mostly being nice to one another absolutely you know? And if we want a sweet treat, I always love to do a shout out to oh, business wow. and uh, the pro the protein bakery at at the protein bakery. Correct? It's just protein bakery. No, sorry, no, at, that's okay. At protein bakery is open for business. Yes, we are. We are open. You could go on proteinbakery.com, load your freezer with it, have a balanced, fresh, you know, sweet treat every once in a while. And I always appreciate the support. But you know. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Here's the interview in case you missed it. It's my interview with Christian Vincent that I did on Sex with Stevie, my live podcast last week of Noah's Ark. All of the episodes, the, the Rona Chronicles of Noah's Ark, the reunion episode, is out now. The link is on Tag's podcast, plus show notes of everything we mentioned today, including the web series I was talking about, the first. You can get all of that on show notes for this particular episode, episode 177. And don't forget, I am live this Thursday for another brand new episode of Sex with Stevie from 7 to 8 Pacific Time. 10 to 11 Eastern time. I always have a lot of fun with some special guests. You can comment and call in as well. It's this Thursday and every Thursday with my co-host Cody Maurice plus special guests 10 to 11 at facebook.com forward slash tags podcast. Christian Vincent, how the hell are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? 
Thank you. I'm doing really good. Um, I guess happy pre-4th of July weekend. <laughs> I have so much to ask you, and I'm going to use my time wisely. I'm so excited because Noah's Ark is about to have its reunion special called The Rona Chronicles this Sunday. And I know you were telling me, um, what can you tell us about it? Well, people that know the show, uh, they're going to they're gonna get to see everyone again um all the main characters the arc is back Ricky, um chance uh all the their partners are back um my as ricky my main um love interest janito wilson cruz will be back wow. uh so it's really it's like it's it's uh Giving the fans, a lot of people on social media, and I've heard over the years, is, you know, we want to see, they want to see these characters again. Um, where are they now? Uh, and this is basically giving them kind of like a, a little sneak peek of saying, this is, this is where your, your, your old friends are. This is where they are in life right now. This is what's going on in their lives. So it's, it's a lot of nostalgia. It's uh, a lot of, um, what they would expect from those characters and a little bit of new. Um, I think it's very poignant. I think this, um, this reunion because it deals with what is going on right now. It's called the Rona Chronicles because of obviously we, the characters are in this pandemic, which we are in right now. So how are they dealing with this pandemic? How are they dealing with the current um, racial uh, strife or racial problems that are going on in the United States right now, and how is that affecting them in um, their lives? Well, during, let, me, let me stop yeah. you right there because yeah. essentially, 2005 essentially was the year, maybe even before when you filmed it, 2004. I'm not yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. Logo had right. picked it up, and I was doing a little yeah. bit of research back and forth on how it all came about, and it was so groundbreaking at the time to feature a, a cast of four of African-American yeah. men that were playing these really out there gay men that were very loud and proud about their sexuality. And yeah. in so many ways, it was ahead of its time. What, what have the fans said about that? And how does it reflect on what's going on now? Because you guys were so ahead of your time. Um. I think if you're asking what have, what what have the fans said about it is that they wanted to see these people again. Um, I think they didn't feel like they saw enough, and um, even Patrick, who is the creator, um, writer, Patrick creator Ian of the Polk, Polk, yep. Patrick and Polk, yeah, he um, was talking about how uh, even some of the creators of like Pose, which is a magnificent show, have said that Noah's Ark was a template. So I really do think that it was ahead of its time. Because um, a lot of the people that come up to me and talk, I say, oh, I used to watch you, you know, I used to watch your show late at night, or I used to sneak and watch your show, or my, you know, my mother caught me watching your show, or I, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, it was my, the first time I could see something that, you know, represented me. So I think, um, Television, the media changes the, it can have a powerful impact, whether it be positive or negative on the world based on the representations on television. And this represented 
a group of predominant, you know, it was the characters were gay black men, like you said, that were very proud and comfortable in their skin uh, on television as um, it wasn't the same as it is right now. Let's just say that it it wasn't as um, it wasn't as highlighted and as much as it is now. It's we're beginning to see more diversity on television. You're beginning to see more diversity, with, whether it be with race and whether it be with um, sexual orientation or um, the way that we see ourselves. So I think ahead of its time, uh, now it's getting an opportunity to, you know, be out in the world during this time and give the fans a little bit of what they want to see. And maybe some people that have not experienced these characters before will get a little taste and enjoy it as well. So where does a show go when they, you know, you've got these amazing compliments that, you know, you sort mm -hmm. of pave the way for so many. And I would imagine, and I'm sure I know Patrick Ian Polk, a lot of it is, I was reading somewhere where so many people have been sliding into his DMs, like, please, please do some, the fans really want to revisit you guys because... Yeah the fans really knew that it was groundbreaking at the time. Maybe they didn't realize it at the time. Like you said, people were maybe mm -hmm. sneaking it at night and watching it when they could. Mm -hmm. But obviously reflecting on it, it really was groundbreaking. So where does it go from now and where are we picking up from? Obviously you're calling it the Rona Chronicles, so we're dealing with the mm -hmm. pandemic. Black Lives mm -hmm. Matter and we're finally, finally, in some ways, hopefully dealing with that. Um, mm -hmm. What can you tell us about where we're going to pick up? Okay, well, and I, have to, I have to think, what can I tell you? <laughs> without um, getting I, in trouble. <laughs> without getting in trouble. I can tell you specifically, um, uh, knowing my character, and if, if uh, my character is Ricky, Ricky Davis, and he is basically the, uh, the, the playboy, unabashedly Yeah, so, I got some questions and, uh, for Ricky here, so in a minute. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so uh, it's basically this group of friends communicating with one another through social distancing, um, still trying to keep in contact, uh, dealing with um, not being in contact with people. There's, you know, this whole topic of what do you do um, when you can't touch somebody or when you are social distancing? And, you know, there are mental ramifications to that when you, you know, within the dating culture now where uh, doing something like this is, how can you date? How do you date? How does it feel? You know, and I, I put in quotation marks, you're not supposed to, you know, not being able to um, do it in the same manner. So it, it, it deals with that. It deals with some of the progress that's going in, on in their lives, which I don't want to say too much about that. But, you know, it's really about their friendship and um, how they are dealing with these social issues as well as some of their and not, not just issues, but and some personal highlights that are going on in some of the characters' lives. And I really think it's just, it's, it's really also just to get the audience to see where they are right now. I mean, there's only so much you can do in an hour. So after right. being away for so long, it touches on a lot of, you know, things that are current, but also bringing these, these characters to the present and letting the fans see them and, and enjoy them again. 
Well, Ricky was a character that we all loved, that some of us lusted <laughs> after. Some oh, of us, okay, sometimes right. we love to hate him. Um, <laughs> what um, is Ricky after all these years? Is he still Ricky? I mean, is he still that playa that we all know and love? Or has, I mean, I know he was in a relationship, correct? And as last we left yep. him. So it, what Ish, can you tell him? Yeah. Ish, yeah. Yeah, no, he he was actually he wasn't in a relationship. Okay, no. okay, okay. I, mean, last, yeah. last, I was last trying to add a little bit of you know. <laughs> yeah, he, he uh, like in the film Jumping the Broom, Ricky. We found out, and I, this is in the past. You know, Ricky was uh, basically at one point in love with his best friend, which was Noah. And um, I think you know he has. They're beyond that. You know, relationships change. Right. And I can say that Ricky. Is still Ricky. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ricky. <laughs> Ricky is still Ricky. So, um, yeah, it, it's and it's funny to go back and play a character like this uh, because even today there were some reminders. I was like, oh wow, it's 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 been a minute since I've 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 been this guy and. Uh, I would have to yeah, say it's, it's surreal. A lot of, it's probably it's, a lot of fun to play somebody like Ricky, though. As an actor, you know, it, I'll say honestly. Initially, it was uh, it was a little scary for me because um, initially, when I auditioned, I was Noah, and then I, I'll never forget I was driving. Oh. Did you? Did we just um, get some like you know tea on here? <laughs> no, no. I mean, we. we I love that. I mean, you've said that. I'm we sure. This, yeah, we've discussed this in the past, and our pastor called me, and he's like, "So, um, there's a little change here." He's like, "So, long story short, they said." Uh, we want you to play Ricky. And I remember thinking, <laughs> you know, years ago, I was like, all I could think was, oh boy, that's going to be tough. But, you know, being it, it, that was just the first thing that it just came out of my mind. But, um, you do it well. Happen, things happen the way they should. And he's, you know, you, it's fun. And I, I think now he's even more grounded in his skin and, has more fun and you know like with maturity you hopefully gain more comfort and um kind of more set in your ways i know that you know as i mature i'm getting a little more set in certain ways so i think ricky is um he is ricky is ricky i mean it has to be a lot of fun ricky. because essentially i hope you guys have never minded the comparison in a good way to shows like sex in the city um, yeah because in some ways if you can't be Noah, okay, Carrie, um, you'd want to be Samantha, and it, Ricky was Samantha, and that's all I got to say on that. And everybody wants to be Samantha in some way, or you know, yeah, or as a combo of Carrie and Samantha. So you know, anyways. But we have to definitely talk about some other special guests that are going to be on this special, like Wanda Sykes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know, isn't that amazing? Richard yeah. Burgess. Um, yep. A huge fan, as well as um, Wilson Cruz is coming back, and I think there's somebody else that I'm forgetting, but... Um, so it's, it's, it's uh, Wanda Sykes, Titus Burgess, um, Wilson Cruz, Richard Brooks, um, yeah, those are a few that they've announced that are going to be part of it. So is the idea that we'll watch the show and then there will be a Q&A afterwards that... Uh, yeah, after the show. Yep. Okay. Um, Karamo Brown from Queer Eye, yep. 
will be holding a Q&A just to talk to us about, you know, a lot of different, you know, what's being back, similar to what we're doing right now, just being back and uh, whatever comes up, comes up. Well, I'm putting the link because people can register for it on Eventbrite and um, get the whole show. And it's this Sunday, correct? July 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific yep. time, 8 p.m. Eastern time, correct? Yeah. And and it's, you don't have to register to see it. I mean, it's going to be on um, Patrick Polk's entertainment page. It's going to be on Logo's um, page. It's going to be on Patrick's YouTube. There's a lot of different um, uh, sites that you can go to to watch it, but it will be live. Uh, I mean, you know, it'll be live streaming. So any one of those, check it out. It's 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. And then after that will be the Q&A. And it's just like, I think overall it's going to be a little, it's really a nice little taste for the fans and maybe some new fans to see these characters again. And um, who knows, it, it could there could be more eventually. And I want to thank you for joining me on this episode. Show notes are always available at Tags Podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media. From Twitter to Instagram, it's at Tags Podcast. At Tags Podcast. In the meantime, continue being safe and healthy. We will get through this. And I will hopefully see you this Thursday for my live podcast, Sex with Stevie. Until then, be well.